Well, I had the best fajitas I have ever had in my life this week. Now, we got invited over by a gal uh, by the name of Jana who works and serves diligently and faithfully. She's an awesome volunteer over in our nursery department. And uh, she invited my family over for, uh, for lunch last Sunday afternoon. And there was nothing special about the ingredients. It was chicken and cheese and tortillas. Um, you know, we, we had the things we needed, some peppers. There was just all the normal ingredients for, for, your, for your typical fajitas. But I'll tell you, what brought it all together was this amazing sauce. It was just unbelievable, and we kind of watched her make it. And as she took my plate, I'm, I'm lapping it up. I was like, no, there's a little bit of juice left on there. And I'm literally lapping it up because it's so good. I said, I could drink that stuff. That is the best ever. Literally, that special sauce made those the best fajitas I have ever had. Jenna needs to invite you over for lunch because those are incredible. Now, what if I could tell you, what if I could tell you how to make your Christian walk the greatest it's ever been? What, what if I could point to you one thing that could greatly enhance your spiritual growth? What if I could share with you the secret sauce of spiritual growth? Now, I could tell you what it is. I could, as just Ryan, I could tell you what it is. Or I could let the wisest person to ever live do it instead. Who votes for the wisest person that ever lived? Me. So, King Solomon. is the, Now, Jesus, of course, was God, but the wisest person to ever live was, was King Solomon. And the book of Ecclesiastes was one of the books that he wrote. And it was written by King Solomon. And we're going to turn there in a moment. But the book of Ecclesiastes comes out of the hard lessons of his life. Now, if you don't know much about King Solomon, King Solomon was the son of David. David and Goliath. King David died and his son Solomon took over. And God asked Solomon, what is it you'd like me to do for you? That's a pretty nice request. And I could think of a number of things. But Solomon was already wiser than me. And he said, Lord, give me great wisdom so that I can rule your people well. What great wisdom. And he did a lot of great things. He also made some poor decisions. If you've read, you recognize that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Uh, I can think of 999 poor decisions that he made. He made, uh, obviously, one great decision, uh, but he made a few others uh, in addition to the one that was kind of a mistake there. So we're going we're gonna to look at what his, his life tells us. The book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes has basically been called his deathbed diary. In this book, he, although it looks like there's a lot of cynicism, it actually has a lot of great wisdom in it. It actually tells uh, what worked in his life. It's basically Solomon saying, look, here's what worked. Here's what didn't work in my life. And he wants others to avoid the same mistakes that he made. I don't know about you, but there's a, quite a few things that I would like other people to avoid the same mistakes I have. Do you have any mistakes that you've made that perhaps you want other people to avoid the same things? I know that I do. Well, so in his deathbed diary, King Solomon basically shares this one thing. He shares this one thing from his successes, from his failures, from his wisdom, and it culminates into what I'm calling the spiritual secret sauce of spiritual growth. And so let's find out what the wisest man to ever lived had to say. So turn in your Bibles and our ushers, we have, we have Bibles for you. If you do not have a Bible, our ushers have them. If you need one, maybe you forgot yours in the rush out the door dragging the kids. This is yours to use. It's yours to keep if you don't have one. 
If you use it, feel free to write in it, and you can just drop it on the, on the way out at the usher's table. We have a men's Bible study on Thursday mornings at a Panera. And a guy that's been giving me my coffee and chocolate chip bagel every week uh, for almost a year now. I walk up and he, he says, do you have Bible study just one time a week? And I said, well, this group of guys, but we have, we have others throughout the city. He said, does it help? Amen, does it help? And I had a chance to talk with him and he said, I've never read the Bible. And so what am I going to get him? I'm going to get him a Bible. And so we have Bibles for you today. And if you'll turn in it to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, maybe you're not sure where it's at. It's about in the middle of the Bible. So you can turn to Psalms, turn right. I like giving directions. Turn right, past Proverbs, and you'll come to Ecclesiastes. And turn to chapter 4. In chapter 4, we see uh, a few words of wisdom that are so profound. And in verse 9 through 12, I hope you're there. Underline these, circle these. Feel free to take some notes in your Bible. I couldn't find my other Bible I normally preach out of, so I, I, I took my, my, my wife's older one, and you know what, honey, I'm proud. You were taking some serious notes. And uh, that shows me she studied her Bible, and she's been writing down things for a long time. And it says here, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12, two, from the wisest man ever, here's what he says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, the spiritual secret sauce of spiritual growth that Solomon just very succinctly shares with us there, that brings it all together like that amazing fajita sauce, that I was lapping up, is strong Christian relationships. Other people in your life that are there to encourage you. The early church knew the power of this. If you look at the book of Acts in chapter 2, you see that they had strong Christian relationships. In verses 46 and 47, it says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we know that Jesus, not only did he, he travel with a small group, he had many people that followed him, but he traveled with a small group. And he, he not only just hung out with strong Christian relationships, he lived in the midst of it. His life was entangled in the midst of strong Christian relationships. So today as we look at these, these strong Christian relationships, the, the spiritual secret sauce of spiritual growth, I want you to learn a few things. Now, if you were with us last week, you know how important spiritual growth is to our church. Pastor Christian laid out the, the, the vision, the values of our church, and spiritual growth is one of those eight very important values that we have. But it's one that's hard to measure unless you ask people. And so if you were here last week, you saw that we took a spiritual growth survey anonymously for those of you that are afraid thinking we're going to ask you today to fill out your name it was anonymous we're not out to single anybody out but we want to know is the church growing in christ is the church reading their bibles are they are they uh, serving in the community are they desiring to live for god and so anonymously we did that so we showed you that spiritual growth is a very important value for our church 
So obviously our strategy as a church is to figure out what's the best way to grow people spiritually. We see through the word of God, through Solomon's wisdom, that strong uh, uh, Christian relationships are what do so, or what bring about the best spiritual growth in a person's life. And so our strategy that we have developed is to, to get people in small groups, to get people around other people that they can grow in Christ with and have those strong Christian relationships. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the world does a, a small group look like at JCI? I've either never been to one, or I've been to one that I didn't like, or I've been to one that it was different than maybe yours. So I wanted to take just a minute and tell you, what does a, a typical small group look like at Journey Church International? Well, about 8 to 12 people usually meet in someone's home. Uh, they'll, they'll meet in someone's home, a, a family or an individual host it. And then, of course, you've got to have some food. Right? It's not a real gathering without some food. Uh, you've got to have some Rotel cheese dip uh, if you want me to show up. I'm sorry, I can't shake it. Uh, you have some snacks and you have some fellowship around some snacks. Hey, pass the chips and how you doing? And you get to know some people. And then someone from the group, a leader, will have a Bible-based study. And they'll look at God's Word and then they'll maybe ask a few questions. And if you want to share, you can share. If you don't want to, you can just sit and soak it up. Sit and learn. Uh, there's no intimidation to go, you know, what do you think? You know, no one's going to ram it down you. But we're going to find out uh, what God's word has to say and how it applies to our lives. Uh, then the leader at the end will take some prayer requests, and you have some time of prayer together. Uh, it usually lasts about an hour and a half to two hours. People enjoy hanging out. Sometimes they may last a little longer if you just don't want to leave. But sometimes we ask you to leave because kids got to get to bed. Um, and then we'd like people to serve together. Uh, usually each time we have a, a trimester of small groups, we, we like our small groups to serve in the community together, down at Hope Faith or Coldwater or somewhere in the community. So that's what a, a typical small group looks like. And, and, and maybe you're asking, you know, what makes strong Christian relationships, what is it that makes them so important to, to spiritual growth? Well, the tagline of our small groups kind of encompasses what we believe God values and thinks is important uh, for spiritual growth and for, for small groups, uh, and, and what really God intended for the purpose of small groups. And the tagline is this, make friends and grow spiritually. Make friends and grow spiritually. And so we're going to look at what do small groups provide, uh, what do strong Christian relationships provide in the life of a follower of Jesus. Now, the first thing we find is that they provide friendship and encouragement. Strong Christian relationships foster friendship and encouragement. What did he say in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11? Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? You know, I heard a story recently from one of our small groups that a couple had come and they had been they had had a, they had a real difficulty in their life for a for a long amount of a time and they shared the issue with the group and the group huddled around them and had prayer over them and what occurred is that several other people in the group had had the similar issue and, and and thing that they were battling and so they left there just full of like this is great we've got people that are dealing with the same things and god answered in a powerful way god answered their prayers and they they saw this amazing answer to their prayers and so that couple by being involved with those strong christian relationships was able to find hope 
and encouragement, true friendship, and ultimately an amazing answered prayer through their time in their small group. Now, Paul, who I I love reading, I was reading in my devotions this week, and the one other verse that I want you to turn to and mark in your Bible is Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Um, Knowing that I was speaking on this and just going through my devotions, this one popped right off the page. And isn't it funny how God just knows what you need? You read his word, and it's like, oh, thank you. How did you know, Lord? Oh, duh. You knew what I needed for this Sunday for, for my message. And in Romans chapter 1, 11 and 12, Paul says this. Paul says this. I love it. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul's saying, I wish I was with you. So that together we could encourage each other in our faith. I want to be right next to you so that together we can hold each other strong by our faith in the Lord. I love that. Paul knew the importance of it. And he says, I wish I was there with you. There's just something about being around other believers. There's something about being around fellow followers of Jesus to where you find encouragement. You're able to speak life into each other. Speak encouragement. Maybe it's a, it's a word of, of, of God's word that you know has helped you and you just breathe it into that other person to kind of share, look, here's what's helped me. Maybe you're in a small group and you're able to add something that, that really encourages other people by, by them hearing, boy, I didn't know that verse was there. That really spoke to my heart. There's just something about being in the fellowship of other believers. And, of course, wonderful friendship occurs. I could tell you I've had so many laughs and so much good times in people's backyard over a barbecue or a pool party, just having a great time together. That's what it's about, having people around you that can encourage you, have some good laughs, and make some good friends. Now, I could call some people up here today who are alone and who live in isolation, who, who I believe they would come up here today and tell you how they wish they had those things. They wish they had friendship. They wish they had encouragement. They live in isolation. In fact, I was listening to the radio this week, and a, and a preacher that I really enjoy listening to was, was quoting something from Psychology Today uh, several years ago. And there was an article that talked about how people who, who live in isolation, who, whether it's on purpose or whether it's because of the busyness of life, isolate themselves. And it talked about those who are isolated, there is such an increase in anxiety and depression and health issues and actually a, a a reduction in productivity, really their lives are are so much worse because they have isolated themselves. And so it's not healthy. And I can bring up here today, I could call up people who would say, you know what, we have surrounded ourselves with support, we've surrounded ourselves with Christian friends, and they would tell you how they don't know what they would do without it. It has so transformed their life. And so strong Christian relationships, they foster friendship, and they foster the, the kind of encouragement that you and I need. You and I know that there's some negative encouragement. I've been around some people where everything that comes out of their mouth is negative, And everything they say is doom and gloom. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't really want to be around that. I want to be around people that are breathing life into me. So the second thing that, that uh, strong Christian relationships foster is protection and accountability. What did he say in Ecclesiastes 4.12, the first part of that verse? It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. You know, I don't know about you, but temptation and spiritual attack are real. You've probably heard of the show. I don't think it's on anymore. Praise the Lord. Uh, Temptation Island. 
Well, let's face it. Temptation Island is the whole world. The whole world is Temptation Island. There are temptations everywhere. There's temptations for adults. There's temptation for single people, for married people, for students. Let's face it. Temptation is real. I want to talk to the students for a moment. I know that without a doubt there is major peer pressure. At the fifth grade level with my fifth grade student, there's already peer pressure. I know that you guys, you students in the front here, are dealing with peer pressure all the time. And I want to encourage you to stand up for each other, to protect each other, to be there for each other, to help each other. I listened to something on the radio this week by Dennis Rainey. And Dennis Rainey was talking about this 11-year-old boy who had just been to this little spiritual retreat with his dad talking about staying pure. He said he was out just a couple of days later, and he's out in his front yard playing basketball. And this 11-year-old was approached by three 14-year-old girls who came right up to him and said, Do you want to have... There's smaller ears in the room. Do you want to have uh, S-E-X? She can spell. Well, who am I fooling? Uh, so, and this 11-year-old boy was like, uh, no. No, I don't. And he had some Christian friends around him that helped him and encouraged him. But there are peer pressure and temptations all over. I know we have a lot of young adults in our church, a lot of young professionals. And I want to encourage you because I know that there are, there are temptations coming at you all the time. There are difficulties. Um, Possibly by friends who are not uh, followers of Jesus. You know, maybe they don't know any better. So obviously they're just going about their life doing some things that, that they don't think there's anything wrong with. But you know it's giving you problems and you really don't want to be involved with. And maybe some of it's coming from some Christian friends who are maybe not living as close to the Lord, close to a walk with Jesus as they need to. And so you all need to encourage each other, stay around each other, protect each other, be an accountability for each other. Be just this strong the strong unit of young people in our church and in our community who's living for God and honoring God. You've got to protect each other. And maybe you think, you know what, maybe you think I don't need protection. I don't need it. What are you talking about? I don't need to worry about any of that sort of thing. Well, let me point to the Bible again. In First, first Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says this, Be alert, which means you can't be lackadaisical about it. Be alert and of sober mind. He used a key word there that oftentimes the non-sober is what gets a lot of people in, pro- in trouble. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, you may not think you need protection and accountability, but I'm telling you, you do. You know, an attacker, he talks about a, a person can defend themselves. I could be out walking on the street. And I could get it atta- attacked by a thief or some kind of predator after me. And I, and I may not be able to defend myself. But if I've got another person with me, if I've got one of my fellows from the CrossFit gym, I can tell you we're going to have a much better, much better chance of defending ourselves if I've got another guy with me. I know that I'm going to be able to ward off that attack. I'm going to be able to fight off that, that, uh, that person trying to tear me down. I know that when I traveled, maybe you don't know, I used to be in the business world. I was not, I've not always been a pastor in my, my adult life. I uh, gave my life to Christ. I became a follower of Jesus 16 years ago. And about nine years ago, I went into the ministry. So I was in the business world, and I traveled all over. I traveled all over the state of Missouri, and oftentimes I would travel around the nation for different training. New York City, Las Vegas, uh, Florida, different places. But I can remember one business trip to Las Vegas. I've been there one time. And a buddy of mine, I would always try to make sure I connect. I would track down a Christian friend. And I always, the Lord always knew. Within minutes of being near New York City for a three-week-long training, worrying about, Lord, I want to honor you, sitting across the table 
was a former army chaplain who went went into the business world for a while. And I looked over and when I heard that, I said, amen. You don't even know I was praying for you. God will bring those people. But my buddy Jamie and we held each other accountable that whole week in Las Vegas. If you've ever been there on the strip, um, there's there's some temptations. Uh, We didn't allow each other to get into any bad situations. If you've been on the strip, there are people who are all the time with these little cards. They're trying to hand you pornographic images. They're trying to hand them. They click them to get your attention. And then they try to hand it. Of course, what do you do when people hand you something? You grab it. And right away, they're trying to get you to look at something that you don't want to look at. They're trying to get you tempted. They're trying to get you to go into places you don't need to be. They're trying to get you started and hooked on things you don't need to be hooked on. And so the best part about that trip is I wasn't alone. Everywhere I went, my buddy, my buddy Jamie was right there with me, and we held each other accountable, and we were able to make it, no problem. But I had some, some good help with me. I had a guy I talked to just a few weeks ago who's been in a men's group for a long time, and he talked about how there was a while he was really struggling with some things, and he traveled a lot, and he was by himself in a hotel. And I remember he said, I started calling a buddy of mine, and I just said, hey, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? And that guy was always there, and he was always able to hang strong because he had someone he could call. He had strong Christian relationships in his life. Now, I'm giving you this information today because I'm hoping, I'm assuming you want to honor God with your life. If you don't want to honor God with your life, then I guess you may may as well just write off what I'm saying to you. You might as well just say, forget what you're saying. I really don't want to honor God with my life, so I don't care what you have to say about that. But I I want to warn you. Without protection, without accountability, you may slip right into the trap that Satan has for you. You may slip right into the trap that he has to tear your life down, to tear your marriage down, to ruin your job. I knew a, I knew a guy who was on his third new start at a job because he'd been fired for looking at pornography on, on company property twice. And he was on his third one. He kept slipping into that temptation. He finally got some accountability and protection around him to help him. So you may think... Uh, I don't really care to honor God. I'm just sharing with you what I know is going to help you so that you don't fall into that trap. You know, one of the greatest things about our, our, our small groups and our men's groups, women's groups, our men's groups in particular, we've got them on Monday, we've got them on Tuesday, we've got them on Friday, is that we learn from each other's mistakes. We learn from each other's victories. We've learned to encourage each other. It's been great for guys to sit back and go, I really thought I was the only guy dealing with that. Have you ever thought that? I thought I was the only guy dealing with that. It's good to hear that you guys are, that maybe your marriage isn't perfect and you need some help, or maybe your life isn't perfect and you need some help. It's been good for the guys to hear uh, uh, and help each other try to battle through attack and temptations. So strong Christian relationships will foster protection and accountability in your life. The, The third thing and the last thing, strong Christian relationships foster strength and endurance. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, the second half of that verse says, A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, you and I know that the strains of life, man, the trials, the difficulties you face, they have the ability to break you down. They have the ability to tear you down to where you don't even know if you could go on. I've had people where I've talked, it's like I've almost, some cases for real, nearly talking them off the ledge because of the trials or wondering if they were going to be able to make it because the strains of life were so difficult. They were in such dire straits. They, they thought they were just totally defeated. And I thought about the strains and the trials of the people that I have just interacted with in just the last 90 days. 
here at Journey Church International, people that I've just interacted with, things that they were going, going through. And I wrote them down just so I could share them with you to know that this is what people are dealing with. Job loss. I'm, I'm guessing nearly half at some point has dealt with that, if not more. Marriage and relationship difficulties. Divorce. Financial stress. That might be nearly unanimous, right? Financial stress. Severe car accident. Uh, wayward children. Severe health issues. Fertility struggles. Death of a loved one. Arrested. A number of things. Life is hard. Can you imagine going through all those things by yourself? It'd be really difficult. I don't wish that on anybody. I love to hear recently another one of our small groups. They came around a couple um, in their group who really had this, this real difficulty, this real trial going on. It was, they had some physical things going on, some financial issues coming on. And it was amazing to see how this small group came around. And they now have multiple strands of people around them bringing support and encouragement to their life. They're not alone going through that trial. Their small group is right there helping them and encouraging them. And it's been amazing to see that they are continuing on to stay strong and enduring in their spiritual walk because there are people around them who love them and are caring for them. Now, I'm going to invite my friend Robbie up here, one of my strands in my life. And I'm going to invite him up here and because I want to give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. And, and I have a rope here. I have a strand of rope. And if you could look closely at it, you would see that there are several cuts in it. I brought my uh, little utility deal, and uh, I had made some cuts in this to show you the strains of life. And I, I dug in in some spots because I realized some of the things in your life nearly break you. Some of the, th- some of the things in your life nearly tear you apart. And I want to demonstrate to you, I, I bought this guy who doesn't have any muscles up here so I could show you how, how, how it works. But this is, a, this is you or I going through life by ourselves with some strains and some trials, and some difficulties in our life. And as the strains begin to pull and problems get there, I don't know if you can hear it, but this thing is popping. This thing is cracking. This thing is flex, bro. This thing by itself is cracking. But I brought another thing today. I brought a strand who has some buddies. I brought a strand of rope that has some cuts and some real difficulties in its life. But it has, wrapped around it, some strong Christian relationships. It has wrapped around it, nearly in a knot, I might add, but I'm going to get it out here for for our illustration. It has twisted around it some other Christian people who are there to encourage them. I think you got a double there, buddy. There you go. You got it? And we're going to twist this together because what I'm talking about is not just having a person next to you. I'm talking about a person that you do life with. That you share with, you get encouragement from. You got someone who's pouring into you. You know that you can call uh, to to get some help. And 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 now we're going to pull on this baby, and you're going to see that we can really yank and pull. And we have been doing. In fact, the only thing we pulled so hard the other day that the only thing that was hurting was my hand right now. <laughs> the other day I looked down, I was like, I got a bruise, man. So. But this thing stayed strong. I don't know if you realize. Thank you, my brother. I don't know if you realize, but that thing is more than three times as strong with those other strands around it. By itself, it didn't take it didn't take much. It popped pretty quick. But those other strands in it interweaved strong like a strong rope. You can pull a truck out of a ditch with a rope 
It's not one strand. It's three strands wrapped together and it's strong. And when those things pull on your life, I want to make sure you have those people in your life. It's my job at this church to try to help you get those people in your life. Let me ask you, if you had to write down, in fact, I want you to begin to write down on your sermon notes right now, write down who are the people, who are the strands in your life? Are you writing quickly? Or do you have to think? Who are the strands right now that you know you could call who would, let, who would not let you fall? Who are the people you could call who would encourage you, who would help you, who wouldn't judge you, who would pray with you, who would come over to your house, who would do anything you need at a drop of a hat? Are you writing them down? If you can't, I want to help you. If you can't, we want to help you. If you can't, pray that God will help you bring some strong Christian relationships into your life. I hope you can. So strong Christian relationships are when we come around each other and we bring strength and we bring some endurance in our Christian walk. And I don't know about you, but don't you want to endure? Don't you want to have a life that for the next 50 years of your life you are strong and enduring for Christ? We talked about that at our men's group on Monday morning. We wanted to be strong and enduring Christians. We wanted to, for the rest of our life, be strong followers of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 said, Being strengthened with all power, Paul says, according to his glorious might, so that, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And I want to be strong and enduring for Christ in my walk with him. Well, I want to share with you, my, my family's in town. My parents are in town. My aunt and uncle I haven't seen in far too long. Steve and Sue are in town and my cousin Troy. And I'm really glad that they're here and this is the first time they've heard their, their, uh, their little nephew preach. So I'm glad that they got a chance to hear me today and, and hopefully be encouraged. But a great example in my life has been my parents. And they have been in the same small group for 18 years. For 18 years, they've been in the same small group, and they've encouraged each other. And as I've talked with with my folks, they've told me about different health issues they've walked with each other through, job loss that they've helped each other with, financial issues. They've prayed family members to to become followers of Jesus. Yeah, no, we're not done either. We're still praying. But 18 years ago, they started a small group that saw me come to faith in Jesus Christ 16 years ago. And I'm sure it... And I'm sure they're still in shock that I'm a pastor. (laughs) But God is good and he transforms people's lives. But they prayed for lost family members to come to a faith in Jesus Christ. They've rejoiced at weddings. They've rejoiced at the birth of grandbabies. They have become best friends with these people. They vacation together. When I talk to my folks, it's not, hey, we're getting together with our small group. It's the Lake Powell group. They go to Lake Powell with their friends every year and have amazing fellowship together. They've grown spiritually together. I can tell you that they read their Bibles. 
They've learned to read their Bibles in the small group. They pray. They serve in their, their church. They're in leadership in their church. They serve in their community. They become financial supporters of, of their congregation and of missionaries doing God's work. I've been in their basement and seen uh, missionaries store their stuff in their basement who are on the mission field somewhere. Through their small group, they have learned and have grown in their ability to do these things for God. And I can tell you, they would tell you that strong Christian relationships have been the spiritual secret sauce of their spiritual growth. I don't know if they would have the same walk with Christ without that small group that they've been with for 18 years. I don't know if they would have accomplished what they've accomplished for God without that group of people around them to help them. I, would, I bet they would tell you that that, that small group has been, those, those strong Christian relationships have been the have been the flavoring of their life that they would not trade for the world. And it has given them the greatest spiritual growth that they could ever imagine. Thank you. You ever try to talk and cry at the same time? It doesn't it doesn't work very well. <laughs> I can tell you that the passion of my heart is for you to have strong Christian relationships in your life. And I may be the pastor of spiritual growth here, the next steps guy, the small groups guy. And, and I love it when lots of people get signed up for, for small groups. But I'm, I'm not so worried about one thing without the other. If you don't have strong Christian relationships, then I haven't done my job. And I want you to have strong Christian relationships. But what I do know is that the people who get involved in our small groups have most often the best chance of having strong Christian relationships in their life. And so I want to encourage you as I close today, I want you to take out your connection card. And I want you to stop by the Next Steps booth after, after church. Because we have our list of small groups. We have them for men. We have them for women. We have spiritual growth. We have a marriage enrichment class. We have a healing after divorce class, a small group. We have, we have groups where, where couples get together, groups where young professionals get together. But I want you to take your connection card, and I want you to say, you see your next steps there. Notate on your connection card that you're willing to attend a small group. I want you to try it three times. If you don't like it because you get in a group and you figure out Robbie's weird and you want to go to another one, then say, this guy's weird, and I really can't be involved in the same small group as him. And let me know, and I will get you another small group. I want you to be in one where you can find... Good Christian relationships. The second next step is if you don't think you have time to, to look at, uh, if you don't think you have time, take a look at how you can reprioritize your life to fit in, to make a priority strong Christian relationships. And leaders, if you're in here, leaders, if your group isn't fostering these things, figure out what you can do. Begin to pray about how you can foster these things, these important traits into the life of your small group. And so if you would, take this connection card and write, I want to be involved in one. If you were involved in one last time, say, I want to be in the same one. This can be your signing up for your, I want to be in the same one for the summer. Or maybe you want to try a new one. Say, I want to try a new one. But write, write this down. And as the offering goes by, drop it in there. If you have questions, you want to check out our list, you can do it online under the Next Steps tab. You can go to the Next Steps table. We'll have some folks back here uh, to help you. But we want to make sure that you don't walk out of here today without knowing how you can better get involved in strong Christian relationships. Let's, let's all bow our heads in prayer, okay? Well, Father, I know that there are some 
who today do not have strong Christian relationships in their life are not growing spiritually, perhaps because they've not begun a relationship with Jesus. And today I want to give opportunity to those who have not received Jesus into their heart to forgive them of their sins and they haven't begun a relationship with your son Jesus that they can do so. And if you're here today and that's you, with every head bowed and every, every eye closed focused on themselves, I want to give you opportunity to pray with me. Allow me to just kind of open the door to, to Jesus. I can't save you. I can't forgive you. But I can point you in that direction. And if you would follow me in prayer with a sincere heart, God will hear you. Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for me. For me. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you that you rose again because you're God. I want to live for you now. Help me to have strong Christian relationships to help me live for you. And if that's you with every head still bowed, if that's you and you've begun today a relationship with Jesus, just between you, me, and God, I'd like you to just raise your hand to say, yes, today I prayed with you to invite Jesus into my heart. Just between you, me, and God, if that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. And now with every head bowed, I want to pray for those today who couldn't write any names down. And they know that they need strong Christian relationships in their life. Lord, I pray that they would follow me in this prayer. Dear God, help me to have strong Christian relationships. I need them. I don't have any. I need your help. Bring some. Prompt me. Make me. Force me, Lord, to get into a group where I can make some. And serve and be around people that I can grow in Christ with. Father, I need your help. Please bring me some. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to rejoice today in the hand that was raised. If you're here today again and you are a, a, a new guest to our church, I hope you'll take the time to fill this out. Drop it in the offering as it goes by. And those of you that filled it out and want to get in a small group or had anything else we could pray for you about, if you made a decision for Christ, mark that down. Uh, today I prayed to become a Christian. Amen. And we will rejoice with you. Mark that box, drop it in the offering, and I will personally follow up with you this week. Um, if you're new and you want information about the church, come by the guest tent. And they have some information there that you can take with you. And just learn about what we're all about. Um, uh, ushers, if you would come and stand in your places and prepare to receive the offering. If you're not aware, we give the first 12% of whatever comes into our offering back out into the community and on the foreign mission field. And there's a, new, a number of things. We will soon be buying a house for a family in Guatemala. Um, and we will show you the video of the, the lady who we're going to buy that home for. 
She's, uh, she was abandoned, and she has two kids. We're going to show you. Your giving will help buy her a home for $3,000. Can you imagine a home for $3,000? You should see what she's living in. So thank you for your giving. Your giving helps us help the community. And so we're very thankful for that. Um, let's pray, and then I have one last thing I want to share with you. Father, bless this offering. Bless it to do your work throughout our community and across the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may pass the plates.